Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season one finale of the Purple Podcast. I am Serge Clivio. And I'm Alia Hodge. Oh my gosh, Alia Hodge. We get to discuss so much today. We have a whole holiday content guide. Yeah, the today's golden... a banger of an episode. It seriously is. What a way to go out. We are also going to discuss Golden Globe nominations. And of course, the holy trinity of Mariah, Ari, J. Hud uniting at MSG and so much more. There is so much to talk about. Alia. The you said it, you said it's giving abundance. The end of this year has come in just like I, I can't swing. even think of a metaphor to describe it, but it's a like giant brigade of goodness, I feel. For real. And I feel like we're getting all this content right now, which we always get at this time of year. We always get like a lot of like Oscar films and a lot of like TV yeah. drops for people to watch at home when they're together with the family. And I just really want everyone to soak this all in because 2024, it's going to be we're, different because of the strikes. So just take in nothing. all of these. Yeah, we're getting nothing. So just take all of this content in and we're going to tell you what you should and shouldn't be watching. I so agree with that. Be sure to like and give us five stars. We appreciate all of you listening. We had a great Spotify wrapped, really surprised us. And we're so happy oh that God, season yeah. one yeah, was so successful. You that thousands of listeners out there. We don't know who you are. Literally thousands. <laughs> I'm like, who's listening to this? Yeah. But we're very grateful. And as you know, we like to put a little link to donate our episodes in this episode, we're going to donate to the Alley Forney Center, which is a New York-based nonprofit for providing youth shelter and services to the LGBTQ community. As you know, this time of year, it's cold out there, and a lot of the unhoused folks need our support, especially in the LGBTQ plus community. So I think, Alia, let's start with our movie corner, because there are mm -hmm. a lot of films. We will dive into each of them at a very surface level. We don't want to spoil anything, but we want to give you our little review, go into more detail and yes. suggest if we think you should watch it or not. And of course, if you have watched it, you can also give us your opinion as we'll obviously sprinkle that in as well. I think I want to start by saying that Nicole Kidman carried us through another year of AMC. No, I'm serious. Can you believe that though? No, I fully can. I know we were promised another we were promised what, what we were happened? promised a brand new Nicole Kidman Correct. ad I don't know if that's still happening if they filmed it and if they're just waiting to launch it at a specific time but still the classic original AMC monologue is with us it guides us through it's there every day crazy, Alia, people are still loving it I I when I saw poor things last week which we'll talk about I was at the AMC Lincoln Square and Nicole Kidman came <laughs> up and it was like a 2.45 p.m. matinee on a Tuesday, fully crowded, and she got applause. I was like, correct. Right, right. That's the right thing to do. So I think let's start with the most recent film to hit the theaters, Wonka. I saw this on Friday night. Uh, the premiere at AMC Lincoln Square. Alia saw it last night, or on Sunday night, rather, for those of you listening um, in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut, where she's currently doing her mm -hmm. show. And it was the top domestic box office show this weekend with 39 million, Alia. I'm not surprised, though. I'm not surprised, but 39 million still isn't 
good this for like is a not movie a opening. No, it's not. Um, like I said, like we said, we're gonna do non-spoiler reviews of everything. I hated this film. I, I <laughs> <laughs> let me cut to the chase. Not only did well, I hate it, I thought it was worse than Priscilla. And you know how I felt about Priscilla. I thought this was an uh, an egregiously made film. I don't know how it happened, and I think everyone needs to see it. <laughs> Okay, I have. Alia, I have been looking forward to getting um, intoxicated and going to see this film. Cheers um, to that! Yes, in the movie theater since the trailer first dropped. Now, this movie has become a meme since the trailer first dropped, and it's kind of hard to like. It's kind of hard to bounce back after you become a meme. I, agree I think. With you. So it's hard. For this movie to like stand on its two feet of like what it's like trying to do. And I can like understand what it's trying to do. It's directed by the guy who directed Paddington. Paddington slaps, by the way. Paddington slaps. So like it has that vibe. But for me, it just didn't quite land. And I don't know if that's because the music is very generic. Yeah. And bad. And comes out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're used to musicals yeah. where the, the lead-in of the, you know, it's just done in a very nuanced way where this, yeah. th- they would start singing and myself and the person next to me, we uh, who I didn't know, we right. would laugh. Like, I, I was just like, what? Right. Why are they singing right now? Because it's like, yeah, it, it it's like they had written all the songs and then like wrote the script around it or something yeah. like that. Like, it just was very like disjointed but the speaking of like strange, the script was also bad because yeah. it's like what is this storyline like and i think another big problem was unfortunately timothy chalamet like i just don't think he was correctly cast in this yeah timothy chalamet we <laughs> love you obviously. we love you and that's the thing he wasn't bad like no he wasn't bad he, but like, you know what i missed alia the menacing quality like you look at the yes like, like Willy Wonka is a bit of a an, a dark character, and yes. he was so like jolly and and like, oh, life's great. Let's walk through the field of gumdrops. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Like, it wasn't giving like Gene Wilder's like Willy Wonka, which this is supposed to be a prequel of. Like his he stakes didn't were really low. Have, his stakes yeah, were the stakes low were me. low. He didn't have like the right qualities, and it it. It was hard because it's Timothy Chalamet. We know him as Timothy Chalamet, and he is a good actor. Yeah, sure. But like, he's surrounded by all of these like amazing character actors. Yes, yeah. Like yeah. every other like person in this movie is like such a good character actor, and like they were really like filling that like vibe. Yeah, they're and serving he's just that. like yeah, and he's just like not giving that and it should have no. been a character actor like yeah and like when he starts singing and dancing it's just like i just don't like, know it's no, just like it's as voice giving mid it's giving big time mid <laughs> like his voice is just like weak like it's yeah, not it's weak. like he can sing sure, but like he, he shouldn't he be sings singing on the pitch right no. but he can't he shouldn't be singing on a professional level he's leading the musical right and this is a Musical this is people. A, I need you to a, understand. I didn't realize this was a musical musical. Why but this are they is a promoting musical? It? I think they're we'll nervous. Talk about people. This more later. Okay. okay, great. We'll talk yeah. about this more later. But I agree. This is a but, full blown script and scored musical. Yeah, they are not um 
they are not marketing it as such, which we will touch on later. Um, but yeah, I I had no idea, and like literally, like it immediately is Timothy Chalamet like singing in the first like twenty seconds of the film. You're like, <laughs> the oh, number is bizarre. You're like, what the heck? I and was all of the yeah, all the songs were were bad. You know, there was that one song. Something about you've never tasted chocolate like this, where there the the ensemble was like dancing in the streets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like yeah, the yeah. the villains were coming, and it was one of those the like production kinda, like, number one closer. I kind of liked that one. That one was good. Okay, okay, that yeah, one was yeah. good. I kind of liked that one. Speaking of <laughs> the villains, now there is this trio of gay chocolate. Villains. They're homosexuals. They're gay. <laughs> We love, they are so fabulous the way they're acting and the way that they're dressed and the way that they just like roll up together. Like, and never break character from moment one, you know exactly who these people are. It's amazing. Like I said, all of these character actors, amazing. They are the best part of the film for me. Like the, yep. the lead one, the black man, like he is so fabulous. He and then rocks. there's, there's also Olivia Coleman as, and I don't know who played the other guy opposite her, but they were like literally the Tenardiers. Like that was that was good. You know what I they mean? Were, they, they were, were the, the Tenardiers. Matt Lucas. How can you? I mean, yeah, Matt, Matt Lucas, Lucas is that guy. Fantastic. When I saw him, I was like, we're in good hands. Like all of these, like and like even like the the guy from Downton Abbey and the woman from White Lotus and the woman from Sex Education, like. That yeah. all of them like in the the basement, they were like the scrub scrub people. Oh, scrub! They're scrub all was great. Fun. Yeah. I didn't like scrub scrub, but oh. I didn't care for Keegan Michael Key. No, his whole character and Just his useless. whole storyline was so bad. Like the whole like fat suit of it all. It was weird. I'm just like this is so um like 20 years ago. Yeah. Like this is just like not funny. And the way he just appears to have gained a hundred pounds in three minutes, it's just like it's like what? okay. You know who yeah, else he, is he in was it? Useless. Hugh Ooh. Grant. <laughs> no, let's talk about Hugh Grant. <laughs> Hugh Grant plays the Oompa Loompa. The, by the way. The one the, and only Oompa yeah. Loompa. And he sings the song that we all know and love. Yes. Oompa or love. Loompa. Like, yeah. Do buddy do. <laughs> And he's it reminds come me out... of the slots in Vegas. <laughs> There's an Oompa Loompa game, and they all sing that when you score big. Oh, Shout out to Daniel Scott Walton. <laughs> that's terrifying. It's fierce, and they all like are running on the little thing. Anyway, he I actually really liked. <laughs> I mean, he's Hugh Grant. He's going to give like you know that. what he give. He's going to give that. Um, he's got to commit, but he has since come out saying that he had an awful experience, um, filming this movie due to like the motion capture, um, and the makeup that he had to put on every well, day. Yeah. And he says, and I quote, I couldn't have hated the whole thing more. <laughs> so and I think that just sums up the whole film experience. I mean, I personally don't think people need to like go out and see this. Right, right. Unless right. you are looking for um a film experience where you get intoxicated yeah. and you just want to like laugh and like be like that was bad, but the also kind of like enjoy yourself kind of in like a I weird enjoy- way. Yeah. The only people I'd recommend it to would be I think like parents and children will find this charming and likable. 
I think so. Like there, I was in a movie theater with um, a mom and her daughter and they seemed to have a, a good time. And then I was also in a movie theater with, um, it was just us, uh, a couple, like an older couple. They were definitely like in their 50s. And I'm pretty sure they were on the same level as me, if you catch my drift. <laughs> and they also were having a good time. So I okay. think you will you won't be disappointed if you go to see this film, but don't go in with enough. high hopes. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't go in with high hopes. And I agree. It's short enough. That's Wonka. It's playing it is in short theaters. enough. Yeah, it's it's short enough. It's playing in theaters right now. Taking a huge 360. There's this film on Netflix called May December. Couldn't be more different. What a great film. What a great film. Do you want to give some background? Yes. So this is based off of um, this woman named Mary Kay Letourneau. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. She was 34 years old when she started a relationship with a 12-year-old named Vili Faulo in the 90s. Um, so I didn't really know about them until after I saw this film. And okay, now if I can of- cut in, so you you actually, some people may know about them from the Hulu FX series called A Teacher. Um, oh. Or The Teacher, which is a different version. That takes place during when the affair begins to start. So very different from this film, where this film takes place years after the affair has happened, which we'll talk about, but that series, that mini series, takes place during it. So some that that I like, I knew the background because of that. Sorry, Alia. Oh no, I'm glad you said that because I didn't know that that even existed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't know about them until after I saw this movie and was like looking it up on Twitter and was just like looking at like what people were saying about this film. Um. So that's essentially the the concept of this movie is Julianne Moore is playing this woman who had a uh, relationship with Charles Melton's character when he was very young and they've since been married and have children. And Natalie Portman um, is an actress. She's playing an actress who's coming to, um, you know, learn about Julianne Moore so she can play her character in a new movie. So it's very like, meta in a weird way because yeah. it's like natalie portman like is an actress that we all know and love and she's playing an actress and she's showing how she's researching this character and she's like watching you know self-tapes on her computer and like talking about her process and everything it was such an interesting movie the way it's even filmed i loved this film loved it i really liked it i definitely want to watch it again I've heard that it's good on a rewatch because it's like the first time you're watching it, you're like, yes, you are. What am I watching? Because the way it's filmed is so bizarre. And like Mm -hmm. the music is very jarring and just the whole storyline and the concept of it all is very. um, Agreed. uh, And there's no intro into it. You just dive right in. Oh, yeah. You fully are just like dropped into this world. Yeah. I do think that. this is directed by Todd Haynes and he recently, or he's very notably known for directing Carol. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just think like he really thrives with two women in the driver's seat. Like the performances here, which we'll get into (sighs) Mm -hmm. are wonderful, are wonderful. I mean, Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman should be in the Oscar conversation. They will be, they absolutely will be. And I was, um, watching the actors on actors with Natalie Portman actually, which we'll talk more about later. Um, she was talking to Paul Mescal about how like Julianne Moore was so like 
giving of herself. She was like, how can I like have these character traits that Natalie can grab onto that she can like then take and use in her portrayal of this character? You know what I mean? Like that's brilliant stuff, you guys. That's, right? That's, like that's, that's next acting. level yeah, stuff. Yeah. Agreed. So I was like, wow, like they really just are like in a league of their own and like seeing them together. And like you said, there's so oh. many like shots of them, like in mirrors together. Oh, the mirror scenes. Let's let right. The mirror scenes are the first one you watch and you think that was brilliant. And then you realize it's a recurring theme. We won't give it mm-hmm. away, but the bathroom mirror scenes with the two of them are really good work, really good like, work. Exceptional work. And the yeah. scene where Natalie is, doing that monologue in the mirror it's really next level charles melton welcome welcome charles Charles melton Melton from riverdale now i don't know about you but i watched riverdale for a while i watched the first two seasons but i know who yeah yeah, i know who he is yes yeah he's like been on my celebrity crush list for so long he is looking so attractive but in this movie he First of all, gained a lot of weight. Like he mm-hmm. like looks mm-hmm. very different than what he normally looks like. Like he like totally like has a dad bod, which I think fits very well for this role. But he also like can act in a way that you would have never thought that he would be able to. It's like you had this in you the whole time. Like when you were just like doing like this fucking shitty ass CW show. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it really His goes art. to show the multitudes that like people have within them as if they're given the right material. I agree. And he's going to be nominated for an Oscar. Like he, he will dead ass. Be, he's going to be no- nominated up against Ryan Gosling and Robert Downey Jr. And like he has literally. A shot. He has a real shot here. For he this really category. does. I, I would say Downey should be kind of sweating a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I agree. I was just blown away at the arc. I think this is one of those characters and we won't give it away, but it could easily flop and be forgettable and be like yes. the side guy. But he comes in swinging at the end. It's really mm-hmm. well. It's just really well done. Right. Um, and for him totally to like agree. do well against Julianne He's, Moore and Natalie Portman, for him to stand on his own and like really like be able to volley with them. And because like, Julianne Moore especially is not, not, not like holding any prisoners in her scenes with him in the bedroom. Mm-mm. Like, Mm-mm. Uh, like she is. You better rise, and she he does. He rises to the occasion very well. He really does. It's it's a great movie. It's definitely like, especially on like gay Twitter, um, like everyone's like, this is such a like camp classic. But Todd Haynes has already come out and been like, this movie is not camp. Like mm. this is like real. I don't know how I feel about that. I again, I need to watch the whole thing yeah, again. I didn't find it campy, honestly. So I'm interested to. I did I find just, it campy. But you, I, I I hear that, and I think the gay community, like, um, I'm not bashing them, just to be clear. <laughs> but I think it's easy to see two women of the stature of Julia and Maura and Natalie Portman. I get that. And with the material and the way that it was filmed, to automatically say this is camp. But I think like. I don't know. I have a little. I reserve calling the subject matter camp in any sort the of way. The subject matter is not camp. So I just that's what think, makes it not campy. Yeah, I think, it just in his makes eyes. it a little like mm, I don't know if I'd call it that. I understand, but mm-hmm. I think it's actually very serious in the way that Todd Haynes went about filming it is kind of brilliant because it could easily Definitely. have been a disturbing piece, which it is, but it could have been disturbing. I think you kind of forget as you go through what it's about in a good way, right? It definitely like shows how 
it's definitely filmed in like a soap opera y yes, like that's lifetime a great way of putting it. Yeah, like lifetime movie type way. And like I don't want to give away the ending here. It's no, like think- Yeah, it's like the way we we um we like see media through like these true crime documentaries or these yes, lifetime movies where they're recreating things. It like, makes it feel like it's more of a pop culture facade, but the, yes. the lives of these people are real. And exactly. The, the exactly. Gravity that it weighs on in the family is like mm-hmm. huge. Yes, I agree. I agree. That That's this December. Movie, yeah. And- this movie is a must watch. I think must watch it's on Netflix. So anybody can watch it. Um, and it will be nominated for Oscars, so I would check it out. I agree. Moving right along, this next film is also a must-watch. I think you'd agree, Alia. I think so, too. It is called Poor Things, and it recently hit the theaters. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I think right Where now it's start? in a limited engagement in, like, the major cities, but I think it'll be in, like, a wider release as, like, the weeks go on. Um, yeah, where do we even start? This movie starring Emma Stone. Um it is about her character. She is essentially a female Frankenstein, I would say. Yep. Okay. Is the the concise way to say this. Um, Willem Dafoe is this um scientist who brings her back to life and she is uh learning about life and herself and her um autonomy in this world. Um, through a series of events and adventures. And again, I don't want to give it yeah, like I mean, anything that's... big away, but I think that's like essentially the the crux of the story here. And she is phenomenal. Um, she is, you know, if you ever thought like Emma Stone's just this quirky, fun, like actress, I think she's done her her due diligence to show us that she's a great of our time. Absolutely. She really is one of the, like the, one of the best actresses of our generation, if not Mm -hmm. the best. I I actually, I agree. I think she is right up there. Her, there will be Oscars, I think flinged at this. I personally, so Mm -hmm. it's directed by, I can never say the guy's name, but Yorgo. um, Yorgos Lanthimos. Thank you. Yorgos Lanthimos. To be honest, his stuff never completely, um, I always like (laughs) have a little bit of like, oh, okay, it didn't quite come full circle for me. For me, I'm saying for me personally. So there's a lot of hype around poor things. I mean, people are are like, this is like the best film I've ever seen. For me, I thought it was great. I did think I have to rewatch this. It was a little long and there were some parts I was like, I'm not quite sure I understand what's going on here. However... I think for me, it's possibly, uh, I don't know. I liked Killers of the Flower Moon more, but I can see this being the film of the year. Um, I loved The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which if you haven't seen by the same director, I highly recommend it. It's very much like a black comedy. I laughed a lot more than I thought. The Favorite, of course, is another film by him, which is really, really strong. And so it's that vibe that Ali is saying of like black comedy, but also stirring and disturbing. And I think for the cinema purposes, it's possibly going to win the Oscar, honestly. But for me, it was my like probably second favorite film of the year, which in a great year of films is saying a lot. Absolutely. I think it has been a great year of films. I think 
Yeah, I think this is definitely up there with Killers of the Flower Moon and with Oppenheimer. Um, it's going to be interesting to see like how the Oscar race like pans out over these next few months. But I think those are definitely like three of the big ones that are really like gunning for Best Picture. I agree. I, I think. I think this also requires like a second viewing. There's just like a lot yeah. to unpack here. I think that the 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 performances here are so stand out. Yes. I want to talk about the performances. I so agree. Like yeah. that is we talked about Emma. Amazing. Amazing. William William You know, I always forget and I don't mean this in a rude way. I just forget that he's that good. He is so iconic in everything that he does. I literally forgot that he was in this movie yes. until like it's like the first like few seconds and like he's on the screen. I'm like, fuck yeah, Willem Dafoe. I know I'm in line, good hands. Yes, he's giving from line one. No, he's just like in. Always locked in. Locked in. Willem Dafoe was amazing. And then Mark Ruffalo. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. Will like he could win an Oscar too. His performance, I thought, was actually really brilliant. If you think about the job he had in that film, I was like the dancing scene. No, we won't give the it a dancing talk. scene. He's, and just the way you don't know how to feel about his character, but yeah, he like, knows so well. Guy? Yeah, like he, like who again? Another instance of an actor doing something for many many years and you're put in like one specific thing so in this case mark ruffalo doing uh bruce banner in the marvel franchise for like a decade doing one thing very well and who knew that he had this kind of depth and um you know who knew that he had this in him like again is another case of an actor being given the right material and being allowed to really blossom and like like do something totally out of their comfort zone and it's just like so great to like see because like we've loved mark ruffalo for like our whole lives like he's so great and like getting him getting to see him do something like this where he's so like unlikable he's such a likable yeah. guy then like getting to see him do something completely different is just like so fun but, and i feel like he hasn't been given this on this kind of scale because if you remember the Never. normal heart he was brilliant in and that was a different mm -hmm. role for him that was in 2014 and then a lot of people don't know but in 2020 he played a pair of twin brothers and i know this much is true which won him the emmy award from limited series because it was during covid i it was really serious and stuff i think a lot of people swept it under the rug so he's been having these nuggets of brilliance where people obviously like understand his brilliance but i feel like on this scale aside from spotlight which was obviously a very different role i agree like he was given the material he was given the platform and he he shone brightly as i like to say he was great and then rami yusuf i never oh, watched rami you've never seen Hulu. rami it's wonderful i never watched it but he was also so great wonderful he was also so great um Again, there's so much that we could talk about this movie, but I don't want to give anything away because go I really, really implore everybody to go see it. It's definitely going to be, it's definitely one of the best pictures of the year for sure. Um, but what I am loving is the online um, like chatter about this film and like its parallels to Barbie. And it's just so funny how both of these films came out this year and they're both incredibly very... Um, incredibly different stylistically and like storytelling wise. Um, but they're both about a woman like finding her humanity and her independence. 
um, in this world after being created and controlled um, in a world full of men. So I just found that that was very interesting that people are like paralleling these two films, which are very different, but have similar kind of themes. Agreed. That's well put, Alia. And that is Poor Things, playing in theaters, limited release, but will be more widely spread out next week. Go see this film. Please, please do. Let's shift back to Netflix now. Another movie streaming is called Leave the World Behind, starring Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahersha Ali, Mahala, and many more. Kevin Bacon makes it. Kevin Bacon's here. This is based on a book by the same name. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Things were done a bit differently in the film. Some relationships are different. But I personally really enjoyed this film. So I was definitely thrilled. I was scared and I was sad. And I think that's fantastic to see. Yes. There. Yeah. You will feel a wide range of emotions watching this film. It's definitely a thriller. The whole time you're feeling anxious and you aren't, you're constantly questioning who you can trust and what exactly is going on. Um, yeah, it's very, um, it, it hits kind of a little too close to home. Yeah. Um, but in a great way where it makes you like think about just the state of our world and like, you know, if this, if something like this were to actually happen, um, all that to say, uh, the movie is about Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke. They are married and they take their family to an Airbnb for the weekend to get out of town. And, um, after some weird events on on a day on a beach, um, Mahershala Ali and Mahala show up at their house being like, hey, this is actually our house and like some weird stuff is going on outside. So can we like come into our house and like be here? And there's like a weird blackout and people are losing cell service and you're just kind of unsure if Mahershala Ali and Mahala are being completely honest or what exactly is happening with the blackout. So it's very... Um, you're just constantly like, I don't really know what's happening here. And quick side note, did I ever tell you that I, I did theater with Mahala when yes, I was like growing did. up? She's fabulous. I know Isn't her from she the amazing? Mormon, but she's quite fabulous. And she yeah. was in that other HBO show that you love that I still haven't watched. And I know Industry, I Industry on yeah. HBO, which we'll talk about on our, our look to 2024 pod, but I think it will be the next show to pop off on HBO. Oh, I'm excited. Saying. No, I thought this was great. It was a lot of, there were a lot of dynamic performances. There was a good use of humor. I I did think it was a profound tale about humanity when, you know, um, the scene and not giving anything away, when Julia Roberts and Mahersha Arley are in the study with the book, yes. playing the record. Those yes. are all things like you think about when you face um, mortality. And I think a lot of people when they face mortality and realize that it's real, there's a real reckoning in your life about what is important and who is important and your needs and how Mm -hmm. to fulfill those. And I actually think there's a very deep tale. I personally thought there was a bit of fluff and that's the one thing for the movie that I didn't care for. There's the subject of race that I think is going to be talked about a lot in the movie. Mm -hmm. And obviously Alia, I'm interested in hearing your perspective because as a white man, I immediately thought if someone showed up to my Airbnb, I don't care who they are, what they're dressed like, what color their skin is, what their age, race, gender. I'm going to be like, this 
is weird and I feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, is that the point? Probably. But I also, is point, it yeah. wrong to feel that way? And they spent a lot of time on it, which I I honestly wanted it to kind of just be. But I did feel like there were so many scenes about it that it was almost like bashing you over the head that it started to make me think like it started to make me a bit confused and not in the good way. Does that make sense? But I would, I'm interested to hear how you felt about it, obviously as a non-white human being. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, I feel like they didn't like even touch on it enough to be honest. Like, cause even when they like showed up, I was like, Oh, like this is going to go really like wrong. Like I was like, somebody's going to get, there's going to be some sort of like physical altercation. Cause I was like, I was like, oh, they're not going to be let into the house, let alone like uh, maybe even leave this front doorstep. Well, I was like, because if this was happening, like stuff like this happens in America all the time where like somebody like drives into the wrong driveway and gets shot. You know what right. I mean? It's sure. like, so I was like, how are they like still standing after this? Um, even though it seems like Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke are like pretty like liberal people from New York Ethan City. Hawk too, I yeah. Think. yeah, and he seemed chill about it, but she was definitely questioning but I, it, it's definitely a conundrum because it's like, like you said, like regardless of how somebody looks, if you show up to my Airbnb in the middle of the night and you can't show me your ID, I can't look up who you are, um, I'm going to be very distrustful regardless of how you look or any other, you know, thing that could, um, you know, lead me to feeling weird about you. So, I don't know. It is definitely like a tough question because it's like, what's the right answer? I don't think there is a right answer. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes the movie compelling. And that's what makes, um, you know, this whole storyline really interesting and and different um, to these types of stories. I agree. And I thank you for that. And did you know that Denzel Washington was supposed to play Mahersha Ali's role? Really? Which makes me... I'm interested to understand what that dynamic would have been because I did actually feel like there was my, my one critique for the characters was I thought Mahersha Ali and Mahala's relationship was not incredibly fleshed out. Um, Well, I believe in the book it's It's his wife. Yes. Yes. And I think that may have worked better, especially with that study scene we're talking about. There was just a disconnect for me with it being his daughter who Mm. was like this clearly like fierce, progressive Gen Gen Z. And she was fabulous. Mahala did great, but I just Mm -hmm. thought that change was a bit of a disconnect, but um, it's definitely a must watch. I think, and it's easy. It's on Netflix. Just go watch it. It's great. It's Julia Roberts. It's Ali. Right. Ethan Hawke. I mean, and Kevin Bacon is there. It's a good film. It's a good, it's good great. film. It's and a great film and a tough look for Tesla. No spoilers, but <laughs> I also didn't know this about you put in a note about Mark Zuckerberg building a compound. Dude, is I it for the end this, of the world? I saw this on Twitter two days ago. So apparently Mark Zuckerberg is building an a hundred million dollar compound in Hawaii with an underground bunker, an escape hatch, and a blast resistant door. And apparently it's like five thousand square feet or whatever and like has like energy shit that will outlast whatever. And everyone commenting underneath was like, So he just watched Leave the World Behind or 
why? And, why? and everyone was like, does he know something? I'm like, Hawaii isn't the place I would build that because it's all it's on a deserted island and like won't it get flooded? Anyway. Yeah, that's know. terrifying. He, but yeah, maybe he knows something that we this don't is what know. We mean, so. And this is what we mean without giving away. This is what we mean about the film. It's so not plausible, but plausible that this could happen to us in our lifetime, that it's just a bit unnerving. They also never reveal the what, which is yeah. also unnerving. You're you're waiting the whole time. I think I think the ending is the fantastic. ending is I just I I love the ending. Shout out to the actress who plays Julia Robert and Ethan Hawke's daughter. I thought she should we she should was be great. looking for her. She was great. She was great. She was really really great. Yeah, the ending was phenomenal. I was like, "What?" Yeah, I literally was like, "No!" Yeah. Uh, uh so that's Leave the World Behind streaming on Netflix. Just watch it. Watch it. it watch I it. actually I even think it's a good watch with your family if you're like uh, I have a like if your family's down for a little like suspense, cuddle up on the couch and like watch this movie with Julia Roberts. It's kind of like exciting and you get your it's popcorn. Good. Yeah, I think Yeah, it's a, really it's a good, good family watch. like a good something to watch with your family. Okay, another movie playing in theaters is Ugh. We started off season one, we started off this whole podcast talking about Beyonce Renaissance World Tour, which we went and saw. And there is now a film, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. Um, I'm so glad we got to see this, Alia. I got to see it. I saw it later than you did. I'm glad we're both caught up. My first thought was, it's giving Michael Jackson. I watched This Is It right after, and it's very similar in the Mm -hmm. way of, it's both a concert movie but also it shows us Beyonce as the artist and the person and the creative yeah I mean of course I thought it was great yeah I mean I saw this on opening day um with my friend Michael Kilgore shout out to Michael yeah um it just is just another entry into why she is the best living entertainer of our time um I put a blueprint for centuries to come. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um she she's a true auteur. Like this woman is a filmmaker. Like this movie yes is a concert film, but it's more of a documentary and honestly she showed us more than like I anticipated. Okay. Um, and this movie has been out for a while, so I'm sure yeah, it's not, people I don't who, think we're giving things away, right. honestly, with this kind like of when film. She, exactly. Like when she talked about her injury, I didn't expect her to like talk about the injury that she, um, that, you know, the beehive, we know that it's happened, but we haven't had exact confirmation from her and didn't, didn't know quite know the details. So her going into details about that and showing us, you know, her physical therapy for that, um, her talking about blue and not wanting blue to perform with her and then them dead ass talking about the criticisms of blue performing um and how she wasn't quite ready and um just talking about that and showing blue um overcoming that i wasn't expecting the, yeah the blue scenes were like the highlights that. for me not not because yeah. the other movie it just wasn't something i expected to see in that depth and so i was like blue. really like this was great yeah, when Blue was like, when she was talking about, when Beyonce was talking about um, taking Diva out of the set yes. list, and Blue was like, no! She's a creative director here. She really was. Like, the times when she was like, mom, calm down. Like, yeah. this is not that important. Like, you're doing the most. Like, 
I loved that. And just seeing Beyonce with her kids, Mm -hmm. seeing her with Jay, like seeing those like moments, however brief they were, it just gives you like, and yeah, she's, she's not, she is the most unrelatable person in the world. Like you cannot critique if I may. And it's right. But, but she still somehow made herself relatable with her family and with the relationship she has, you know, with them. Like I totally she made herself agree. as relatable as she possibly could. And I agree with that. I think I have a problem with this isn't necessarily targeted at Beyonce to be clear. So the hive doesn't do not come at me. I'm being clear. I loved this film. I, I am annoyed with this idea. And I think it's more in the, the past like 10 years that celebrities are portraying that they're people, they're not perfect. And, you know, there's the strive to perfection, et cetera. Look, this is a common theme in Beyonce movies. I've seen them here again and again. So this was like, to me, I was like, I've seen this story before. I just want celebrities in general to just, you know, we get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? We get it. But also you are famous. And so that just like is what it is. They're both facts. And I don't know the correct way to overcome this, like Kim Kardashian. I'm not comparing the two, but but I'm saying when you're a megastar at that height, like I don't know why there's this need to be like, I'm okay. Like everyone wants me to be perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, it's a huge theme in the Kardashians with like Kim becoming a lawyer and and being a perfectionist. I'm just like, that's fine. We get it. You're a human. However, you're also a celebrity. And like, you know, both things are true. Let's just like move on from that point and just see you working. That's my one critique. But it doesn't mean I didn't like the film. I just think in general, artists right now and celebrities are feeling the need to portray this. And I don't think they need to. I'm just like, I get it. Your life is very different than my life. Do you know what I mean? I get that. I definitely understand that. Like... And again, like I said, like, she's the most unrelatable person. Like, she's not, like, normal. Like, she does not live like anybody else. (laughs) Like, when she's like, yeah, I just got my family, like, a house in in Cannes so they can just, like, relax. And it's just, like, this gorgeous mansion with, like, on a mountain. And, like, they're taking private jets. And she has, you know, all these, you know, assistants and personal trainers and people who are, like, specifically, like, for her. And live your so, life, right? There's no yeah, and I absolutely. No she's issue a, with that. Right. She has to. She like, deserves she, it. She literally has to. Um, but, like, it's good to see somebody who is, like, viewed at her level of... Um, of being, you know, who she is being like, I can't do everything that I used to do. Like I'm yeah. 42 now. Sure. Like I can't dance like I did during crazy in love. You know what I mean? Like I have gotten injured this time, this time and this time. And that's why I am performing the way I am now. Or like my voice isn't always, you know, I was sick half the time. So I have to um, work and, and find other ways of making that work. And like just seeing her process, I think is really interesting, especially yeah, for like performers. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, so wonderful. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, that she's not perfect, but the, the facade that she puts out when she's performing is perfection. And it's just good to see the imperfection behind mm. that facade. Um, and I just love that the older she gets, the more comfortable she is showing us that stuff. Because like you said, like there's been many Beyonce movies and I feel like the, the more we go on 
um, and the more the older she gets, and she says this in the film, she, the less she gives a fuck. Like she like is constantly starting to show us more and more of um, you know what makes her her, and I I love that. It's like her like eating like the the fried fish like in the south, and like <laughs> yeah. it's like she would never like show that like a few years ago. Like yeah, this is I definitely just... the best Beyonce feature. I think it, it's well done. It's it should so be good. seen. I don't know if it's coming to streaming. You probably it probably I think is. it is coming to streaming okay. eventually. They haven't announced it quite yet. Um, because it's still in theaters. I highly recommend Me seeing too. this on a big screen. With especially good speakers. In, yeah, Dolby or IMAX preferably. Dolby, yeah. Um it's just so great. And it's just great to relive the concert. Um, if you've seen the concert, if you haven't seen the concert, this is the, the best way to see it. Um, she do, They do most of the concert. Some things are cut out, but I think you get the, you get the, you get all of Renaissance, you get every song from Renaissance. And then you get a few songs from like her opening act of her opening for herself. I was um, uh, annoyed with some of the omissions, but we'll leave that out. For I know I, I was annoyed too. Yeah. I mean like no love on top, but also like, no it one would be plus hard one, to... and I'm going down. That was the moment for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was the moment. But we love it. That's Renaissance. We love it, and you get to see, and you get to see all the the outfits too. Oh, the there outfits were all the outfits, oh, the outfits, the outfits, just like, and it was oh. like the editing, like the homecoming editing, where it was just it was like bam, yeah. bam, 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 outfit, 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 yeah. outfit, and you're just like. And when they Fuck switch yeah. between the two, when you're like, she's wearing one thing in one city and another and the color is different. It's yes. really, yeah. It's just like, like Alia said, she's a filmmaker. She's wonderful. This film is wonderful. Go see it. It's in Go theaters now. It. Okay. That's let's quickly. Real quick. Oh my gosh. You have, oh, you have the cup. I got peer pressured into buying this. Wait, can I tell a quick story? Yeah. I saw the Eras tour, <laughs> but we won't talk about that here right now. Cause Ali is yeah. going to see it and we're going to recap it. But I go to AMC and I get my popcorn. And of course I have my own tumbler. Like I don't need a drink. I'm going to fill up my own. And the guy behind the counter is like, can I interest you in a drink? And I'm like, no, no, I'll set things. He's like, oh, well we have these Taylor Swift cups. And I literally said, I, I don't want that cup. Like just to be clear, you know, on the pod, if you listen, I, I like Taylor Swift, but I'm like, I don't want her memorabilia. Cause I don't want to be that Swifty is what I meant no. when I said that. Right. And he was like, are you sure it's only $1? He was begging me. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I guess I'll get it. It's a dollar. It's a buck. And so, so they were literally selling that tour. memorabilia, though, for $1. They were like, please, please buy it. Like, we have so much and we can't get rid of it. <laughs> oh, my God. giving desperate. So, yeah, I have it. It was kind of fun to watch it with the with the cup. Anyway. <laughs> Screaming. Well, yes, I can't wait to watch the Eras tour sometime in the new year when um, I have time yeah. um, for three hours. <laughs> right it's long but what else is coming soon there's some great things there are some great things coming soon that i'm going to just rattle off um that you guys should also check out over the next few weeks um so there's this movie called american fiction starring uh jeffrey wright and sterling king brown um i think this is also in a limited engagement in theaters um but will be coming into more theaters in the next few weeks looks really really funny and i cannot wait to see it Something that I'm very excited about is dropping literally in two days on Cannot December wait. 20th, Maestro on Netflix. Now, this is about Leonard Bernstein, directed and starring Bradley Cooper. Um, I've been looking forward to this film for many, many years, um, and I'm just so excited about this. 
Um, a lot of Oscar buzz around this as well. Yeah, we will be tuning in. Yeah, we will be tuning in and discussing. So that is coming out December 20th. Also, the BTS documentary is dropping on Disney Plus also on December 20th. So if you're interested in that, I highly recommend. Um, All of Us Strangers is a movie that is going to be coming to theaters starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott from Fleabag. That is dropping on December 22nd, which I'm so excited about. Also dropping on December 22nd, Iron Claw in theaters. This is starring Jeffrey Allen White. Oh, no, sorry. Excuse me. Jeremy Allen White from um, The Bear and Zac Efron. <laughs> Hello. Um, no clue what it's about, but I will be watching it when I get back to the city. So that's coming out on December 22nd. And uh, anyone but you, you know, that rom-com with Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney. That's also it. coming that's out terrible. on December 22nd gonna be so bad and then on christmas the color purple is coming out in theaters everywhere and i will be going on christmas with my mom oh yay i'm going on december 26th with my mom and dad (gasps) cute can't wait i'm so excited i cannot wait for this only heard good things about it so yeah lots and lots of movies coming out soon and already a lot of movies out now so your holiday you know week should be very packed with content to watch and good content to watch good content it's so exciting there's also television content that was me swerving out of the way into a new lane and pulling into a parking lot. I wish you could see Alia's face. My jaw's on the floor. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. So keep that in. The yeah, reality, don't keep it in. We are, first of all, coming back for a season two, which is really exciting. Ali and I really enjoyed doing this. And we have a reality TV corner, which we thought, let's just make it into a TV corner because there's so much good TV. So there this is, is the premiere of our TV corner. And we will start by talking about The Crown season six. Parts one and two are out. Yes. Part one dropped last month. Part two just dropped a few days ago. I have somehow watched the whole thing. That's crazy. Um, I haven't actually, but I mean, I know what happens, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's history. Um, <laughs> and it's pretty recent as well. Um, not much to say about this, unfortunately. Um, the season had its good moments and its not so good moments. Um, I would say these last two seasons don't really live up to any of the earlier seasons. I also think it's just because, like, the closer we get to, like, modern Modern day day. and like what we remember the less like of an impact it has um apparently there was a new casting director for this season and last season it's very apparent especially with like the william and kate and harry characters um the casting just is not giving like what we're used to with like Josh O'Connor and like Emma Corrin, like the old casting director, Nina Gold, she would find, she's really good at finding really new and fresh talent. Um, And so this new casting director, I think just isn't giving what I would like them to give. Um, Yeah. All the Will and Kate stuff. It's just giving lifetime movie. It's giving Mm. not good writing. It's giving not good acting. Um, yeah, there's really not much to say. There is a good Margaret episode, episode eight of season six, I thought was really good. And there were some great scenes in the finale, um, including the final scene, um, which brought back Olivia Coleman and Claire Foy returning um, as Queen Elizabeth. Um, if you've been watching The Crown, I would say tune in. 
Yeah, don't if not you watch now, but yeah, if you haven't, it's not a must. Yeah, I would say the earlier I would see, say seasons one through four are fantastic, um, and then these last two seasons are just kind of good. I mean, Elizabeth Debicki's performance as Princess Diana's highlight. Amelda Stoughton is great Amelda as always. Is always great, and Jonathan Price is good. But the way that they wrote Prince Philip these last two seasons is bizarre. Um, Dominic West actually is great as Prince Charles, but like he's just way too handsome to play yeah. Prince Charles. So the whole time you're like, I don't believe this. Right. This is not he. Right. <laughs> so that's one of the holiday drops on Netflix, TV wise. It's just kind of like, yeah, watch yeah. it if you want. That's the crown season six. All yeah. out now, the final season. The Golden Bachelor has come and gone before our eyes, but it's the perfect time to catch up because we will be covering the wedding that is taking place <sighs> on January 4th. I am so excited i've never been so excited for a bachelor event this is giving old school bachelor when it they is. get married it like is. i love this i'm so excited um but speaking of the golden bachelor we do have to bring up the finale since we haven't recorded since the finale first of all can we talk about the live audience yeah not only was barb 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 Pilot Pete's mom. You all know and remember her. She's Bring become a staple for Bachelor Nation. To us. <laughs> Bring her home. Why is this woman in every live audience now? Every single one. The oh, other name you put, Barb though, there? really threw me for a loop when I saw her. Right. So not only was Barb there, but I'm watching and they keep showing this woman. And I go, is that Jennifer Love Hewitt? And indeed, listener, it was. <laughs> Cause I had to look this up to confirm and I don't know why Jennifer Love Hewitt was in the audience, Me neither. but they kept showing her and she was invested like no one I've ever seen before. She was on the verge of tears. This woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this finale was first of all, interesting in that front. And then he ends up breaking up with Leslie Tough. in a very interesting and unfortunate way. And you know, it's been a few weeks since this is, occurred and it's still just mind-boggling like the way he handled all of that it was very cold and like unlike him the way that he handled the breakup with her he was told he had to handle it like that right maybe that's what it was i don't know it was just very weird and she really laid into him and i love that yes i love i really love that do you think she's gonna be the golden bachelorette I hope so. I hope Me it's too. either Leslie or Faith or yeah, Ellen. Honestly, uh, yeah, honestly, you're right. any of them. You're so right. You are let's so just right, do, bestie. Let's just do three seasons. Yeah, let's just do it. We're get, ready. They each We're get ready. them. I, I have heard somebody say that, like, I'm sure it's going to be harder to do the Golden Bachelorette because, like, how many, like, great single over the age of 60 men are there? Oh, uh, how sad. Yes. Yeah, so you true. know, so that's, like, a sad thing. But we also need to talk about the Hollywood Reporter article. Yeah, it's not good, is what it is. This article came out the day before the finale aired. So, planned. Very planned. Very, very planned. And this woman came out and is alleging that she had a multi-year relationship with Gary at like that started like a few months after his wife passed away. So this is already going against everything that he's already 
told us about how he why we fell in been love with, with anyone. Him, really, yeah, the audience. he hasn't been with anyone since um, Tony passed away, and blah blah blah. No, he allegedly had this long-term relationship with this woman and he made her move in with him, but then was like making her split bills with him and like charging her rent and like just weird things. Like when they would go out to dinner, like he would make her send him money beforehand Reading and this so he could pay the bill. Yeah, it was all just very like, what? And then he ended up kicking her out. Like she fell down the stairs and he was like, oh, you did that so you didn't have to, like, move. And she, he, like, kicked her out while her, her leg was broken or something. Bizarre. Just, like, yeah, just bizarre stuff that it's, like, this has to be true because it's so, like, specific. But it's, like, is this our Gary? Like, is this the man that we've, like, known and loved over these last few weeks? And also people are coming out saying that Teresa has had multiple relationships um, since her husband passed away even though she says that she didn't. So uh, there's a lot kind of up in the air. And now people are, you know, questioning why they're getting married so soon. Like, because January 4th is only a few weeks away. Why are they getting married so soon? And, you know, they're like, well, you know, we're old. We don't want to wait any longer. Yes. But you know how Gary kind of lit up when he found out that Teresa, you know, had her own of job, her own business or whatever. And she, he like, had a lot of money. The money. I of think course. that he is trying to lock it down because he really needs money. Tale as old as time. Yeah. So that's the big theory that's floating around there. I'm interested to see what actually happens. Regardless, I'll be tuning in January 4th. You know, I don't really care if they work out or not. If yeah, they yeah, do, yeah. great. If not, whatever. Um, but, you know, I just love a Bachelor spectacle. And now is the perfect time to catch up on The Golden Bachelor. Regardless of all of these things that have come out, it was still a delightful Fantastic television program fantastic television well said and then the bachelor in paradise finale happened i didn't watch what did you don't feel watch quickly? it okay bachelor in paradise this was the worst season of bachelor in paradise and it can be summed up in this sentence all three couples that left together slash got engaged are already broken up and they announced that like two two to three days after the finale aired one of them like less than 12 hours after the finale aired so, so let's leave it there. <laughs> so the franchise is, you know, Depleted. a clown. The Curse on Showtime is a show that everyone should watch. It is a weekly series on Showtime that stars Emma Stone and Nathan Felder. It's also written and directed by Nathan Felder. We're getting a really great different side of Nathan Felder that I've never seen. I don't want to give anything away because this is a great time to start it. We're only four episodes in. You should watch it. But it's pretty much about this couple Emma Stone and Nathan Felder, who have a show that is going to premiere on HGTV, which is fantastic plot. Fantastic plot. There is this entire conversation about a penis in, in episode one that is unlike any other scene I've seen on television. And it is simply a must watch. That is the curse on Showtime. You can stream it on Paramount Plus and Hulu as well with your Showtime add-on if you have that. But I really recommend watching it. I'm so excited to watch the show. I'm literally starting it tonight. Great. I'm wanting Thrilled to start for it for Text weeks. Text me, please. Text um, me. So we'll definitely discuss the curse more. Uh, yeah, this is a good our, into 2024. You know, premiere. Yeah. 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 Another great show was Squid Game, The Challenge. 
Oh, we talked about this on the last pod, and it's since ended. So I'm sure if you have seen yeah, if you the don't show, know this, I mean, we can't help but we're going to spoil it. So skip ahead a few. Yeah, skip ahead if, of like yeah a minute or two. You should know what's going on. What a great first season! Congrats to my for winning. We love you, Mai. Who would have ever thought? Like she would actually like come through with the win. I think this is such a great winner for season one. She still Over... hasn't gotten her money. Right. Can that's... you believe that? And that's the thing with this show is a lot of stories are coming out from contestants about the harsh filming conditions. But can I tell you something, Alia? And I'm sorry. I, I obviously feel for them as people who have been on set, who have been on shows. I talked actually to a casting director who was in casting for Squid Games and she was telling me like, at the end of the day, whether it's right or wrong, people have to read contracts, right? Like, here's the thing. The, these studios and stuff, they're super locked tight and they're not going to do things that would ever, you know, if they're smart, which these studios are, they cover their bases. They're not going to do things that can involve, you know, some sort of lawyer or legal action that's taken from contestants. So though like, you know, we have here, there were harsh filming conditions, like they weren't provided chapsticks. So they had to use lubricated condoms on their lips, which is wild and insane that is obviously not okay but when it comes to the money i'm like well what does it say in the contract when you win when do you get it do you get it in chunk like like why and and can i be honest when people was reporting on this this is who i found out about it from i'm actually really annoyed because people you're they're supposed to be journalists they're they're providing (laughs) stories this had no details who who went and researched this and just gave that headline with no details like were they supposed to be paid before 10 months? Were they not? Why is this a headline? Is it important? Is it not? So I'm kind of like annoyed at the whole, no one understands any context around it, but they're all still facts. And and I feel bad that the contestants had a terrible time. I know. I do feel bad that the contestants like got sick and whatever during filming, but it's like, you're doing the squid game. Like, what did you expect? Like if you're on reality TV, you know that like, everything that you are like know and accustomed to is going to be thrown out the window. So I don't know why you would sign up and expect anything different. As for my not getting her money right away, I believe it's like normal reality TV, like, like rules or I guess that you don't get your money until after the finale airs. So I'm hoping that by now she has her money since the finale came out like a week or two ago. Um, because but regardless, need, yeah, but you also need all that time. Like she needs lawyers. I mean, she just won the most mu- four point like, five yeah. six million dollars. So there's a lot to figure out there. Exactly. But regardless, the show was Fantastic. amazing. Even though people are shaky about the finale and they're shaky about you know um, rock paper scissors and that really? being like the I final loved game. It ending like that. I liked it too. I think it's this show was so great. Yeah. The the but, whole but, game was pretty much a whole game of chance. But then shows that there is strategy. That's why she did deserve to win. Like, Mai was not just giving it to chance. She was playing her booty off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved this game. This is exactly what Big Brother should be. I hope they're taking notes. Me um, too. And I can't wait for season two. I'm definitely going to tune in. Sorry. Yep, I agree. We'll see you for season two. That's Squid Game, The Challenge. All episodes streaming now on Netflix. Also on Netflix, there is a great um, making of the Squid Game, The Challenge, like oh. little like mini documentary. It's like 30 minutes. And it goes and it shows like how much work went into like 
um, getting all the like um, test packs ready for like 400 people, like for like red light, green light, getting like getting the motion sensors and everything together and like them trying to figure out the right recipe for like the cookie and like making sure that everything was super fair. And how can we manufacture like 200 of the same like cookies and stuff like that? Um, so it really goes to show how much work goes into these shows. And that was very interesting. So if you're interested in stuff like that, I would rec- also recommend the the making of the squid game, the challenge. Good plug, Alia. Yes. So, okay. Now getting to the show I've never heard of. It's called singles inferno. Alia, take it away. Yes. So there is this Korean reality show called singles inferno season three is slowly, but surely dropping over the next few Tuesdays on Netflix. My sister and I are obsessed with the show. We look forward to it every holiday season. It comes out in December um, for us to binge during Christmas time. It is a Korean dating show. It's essentially, you can't really equate it to any other um, American dating show because like, or British or any, anything Western because like, you know, in our dating shows, when they show up on an island, they're all in bikinis and they're all like, have their abs out and they're it's all about making the body, out the sex. Yeah. The, yeah. It's all about sex and they're all making out within like 30 minutes. So American. Yeah. Very like Western um, ideals. And this show, they are all showing up in like sundresses that go down to their ankles and like buttoned up shirts. And then like once they get matched, they have to hold hands and walk down the beach and that is like a big deal. Like they're like, oh, we're going to hold hands. Like <laughs> that's huge. And so when they match, they're on this like deserted island called Inferno basically. And then once a couple decides that they want to match together, they both have to decide um, that they want to go to Paradise together. And then Paradise is like a hotel room. They just get a giant like king suite and they all like go to like a hot tub and they order a bunch of food and they never sleep in the same bed together. They don't even kiss. They literally just talk. And that's the show. And like okay. maybe by maybe by the finale, like one couple, maybe two will have kissed. But like no one will ever sleep wow. in the same bed. Like no one fucks. Like if they like like one couple on the first episode, like they were in the pool and she like jumped on his back and like put her arms around him. And he was kind of like, like swimming with hit with her on his back. And, um, that was like a big deal. Um, and the best part of this show is there's like a panel of like Korean celebrities and comedians okay. who like watch the show with you sure. and like give commentary and they're making fun of the That's contestants funny. and stuff. And that's the best part of the show because like when she jumped on his back and they were swimming around the pool, they were like, what? They were like this. They're so bold. Like, I can't believe they're doing this. And they just met today. And it's crazy. This is why I love watching reality TV from other cultures because it just goes to show like how insane our culture is because like that to me is so tame. But to them, it's such a big deal. Like, even just the hand-holding, like, it's so crazy how that is, you know, not something that is normally done, especially, like, after just meeting someone. And, like, in in Korea, like, they talk, when you meet a stranger, you're talking very formally to each other. And then once they get to paradise, they're like, oh, shall we talk casually to each other? Like, shall we, like, you know, talk to each other kind of, like, we, we know each other, like, we're friends. And it's just interesting the cultural difference of um, how people date 
and how people interact. Um, So if you're interested in something like that, I would definitely recommend Singles Inferno. Everyone is very attractive. They all look like K-pop idols. Um, And it's just like fun. It's just very different from Bachelor in Paradise or Too Hot to Handle or Love is Blind, any of that. Like, yeah, it's very, very different, but I highly recommend it. Great. That is um, streaming on Netflix. Streaming on Netflix. New episodes on Tuesdays. We will talk about one more thing in our TV corner, and that's Big Brother Reindeer Games. Six (laughs) episodes over two weeks started last week. The first three episodes are out. It does not include any um, nominations or evictions. Oh. Um, It does not take place in the Big Brother house. What? Yeah, it takes place. I'm obviously not watching this, you guys. Right. Um... So pretty much they do challenges that determine who's eliminated. And so it's very challenge-based, but supposedly next week there's going to be something about the relationships that you've formed. Um, it's not hosted by Julie Chen Moonves. It, <laughs> it is hosted by Santa Claus, who is played by the man who is the voiceover actor who does previously on Big Brother. Should I apply for that job anyway uh <laughs> screaming sorry i'm blowing my nose everybody it's all right <laughs> um, just putting myself on mute real quick <laughs> <laughs> but it, it stars past contestants like taylor xavier nicole danielle reyes Brittany, frankie grande cody josh derek x so it's it's a great cast it's only six episodes i watched the first episode then I fell asleep and I plan on catching up with the other two and then watching the other three this way. I mean, it's such an easy, quick watch and it's actually kind of intriguing and it's with some good big brother folks. I'm just more like, why is this on? Why isn't Julie Chen Moonves a part of it? Why are there no evictions? It's actually not big brother at all. So I don't understand the need. I would have much preferred an off cycle big brother legend season. Like we thought we were going to get. And so that's disappointing. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, have much I, more to say. Do you? I, I, yeah. Yeah. I probably won't be tuning into That's this. Okay. I just don't really feel the interest to. Um, but like everyone's saying that it's pretty good. So work. We wish them well. We truly wish them well. And, you know, that's wrapping our TV corner. I definitely think the movies these days are way more dynamic and interesting than TV. Correct. Um, which is surprising. I feel like it's usually like the other way around. You're right. You but know, watch the so. curse. That is a dynamic show. Yes, I'm excited to start that tonight. Good. Let's switch gears into our music corner. I had the great pleasure of seeing Mother Lamb, the songbird supreme, the greatest vocalist, Mariah Carey, and Merry Christmas, one and all, at Madison Square Garden. First of all, let me just start by saying she looks... Have you seen these photos and videos? She looks wonderful. She really does look fantastic. She does. She looks fantastic. I'm sitting there, you know, my expectations with Mariah are... I love Mariah and I will always go see her. But, you know, she's older now. She's gone through a lot. Life's different. I have to say she was 
incredibly mobile. I've never seen her walk around the stage oh. by herself. She was walking around That's the stage. Great. She seemed happy. She recently broke up with Tanaka, her long-term boyfriend, who was the dance captain. Oh. And she just seems so in her power and in her womanhood. And it was the happiest I've seen her in a long time. And it was the best show That's I've seen really her sweet. do in a long time. I the gag of it all. The gag of it all. Alia texts me and she says, just so you know, Ariana and J-Hud just joined Mariah live. And I literally was like, I'm here witnessing it. Oh, Santa's I had no to... idea you were there. Yeah. I had no oh, clue you were actually there. Oh, Santa's about to start. She's like, we have two Christmas angels joining us today. And I pretty much blacked out, but I knew I needed to film this. So I was so focused on getting this on camera. But literally, I'm Jennifer so Hudson... And Ariana Grande came out to perform Oh Santa. It was just giving the moment of this holiday season. Three of the greatest voices of our time and of all time, and that will ever be, just bopping around, harmonizing like the Supremes, honestly. It was giving Supremes on stage. Weirdly, there were some haters about this. I just want to say this. I and And literally, why? Like... And you know what? This is my problem when I talk about people think I don't like Ariana Grande. And again, I want to go on record saying that's false, very false. But everything Ariana Grande does, her fans, you know, they think it's the best thing ever. Sure. Like, let them have that. Why does everyone feel the need to find something wrong with Mariah Carey? I'm serious. Like, it really pisses me off. And I know you feel this way about some of your beloved artists. I don't understand what that why there are haters they were like there wasn't much rehearsal i'm like obviously but can obviously the fact that i'm sorry you can argue that mariah is not the greatest of all time the fact that she picked up the phone and said jennifer hudson and ariana grande please come let's do oh santa let's have the moment (laughs) they came for four minutes literally two seconds to new york city I mean, I know Ariana there? was here, but um, um, Jay right. had to fly in because she was filming her show and she was doing Color Purple press too, even though she's oh, not shit. like she was doing the press. She flew in, they stood there, they sang the song, and they then bowed to her after. Yeah. What more can you want, people? Like, what people, more do you want? You want a whole choreographed dance? They're not going to do that. No, I had people, I went to a party, I won't name names, who were like, I, I just don't get why this is such a big deal. <sighs> Because it's three of our greatest <laughs> joining together for a quick Christmas tune At in a MSG. jaunt around MSG. Like, to a sold out audience whistling in harmony. Literally. Right. Let's take what we can get. Like, there's not a lot of good shit in this world. And this is one of those good moments. Let's embrace this. And when's the last time you saw Ariana Grande come out on the stage? Not for years. Not since who knows when. Right. So... Literally, it just further like propels this idea that people want to see great artists fail, and it's really unfortunate. Mm. Um, she did not fail. She, I'm serious. I, I, it's so hard for me to talk about it because people are always going to think I'm biased. But I am a firm believer of looking at things objectively when critiquing them, and that includes people that I love, like Mariah. I will tell you, last year I went and was disappointed in her concert, but it was such an, a historic moment that she was back giving us the holiday cheer, right? Mm-hmm. I think so, too. This, she was back in form. I was, like, really blown away that she was singing the way she She was exercising her lower register in amazing, amazing forms. Like, she 
stood there to close out the show. The hero intro started and she Mm. was like, 25 years ago, I stood here at MSG. And now that I'm here after to a sold out audience singing this song, I'm sorry, it's 30 years. um, So correction there. Like, she really sang the words of the first verse in the chorus and everyone was crying. Literally. Mm. It was just like when she's on her interpretation of her songwriting is bar none. Literally there is no one else that can do it. And hero is one of the greatest songs of all time. So it was just such a good show. I was honestly so happy to witness history and see Jayhad and Mariah come out and be so giving and loving and happy to be here. Like you could tell they were like Ari, if you watch the video, she's just like bopping the entire she's time. Like, being like yeah. this is one of the greatest moments of my life because I'm sure that is her greatest hero. I can only just, imagine. Yeah, no, it, it literally is like, I know it was, it was such a crazy moment just seeing that happen on Twitter live and in real time and then texting you and knowing that you're actually there. I was like, you're there? Like, since when were you going to that? Like, but of course you would be there. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I my heart really did stop. Like, I thought I was going to black out and I was like, just stay focused because I feel like I haven't witnessed, I haven't been a part of a live pop culture moment like that. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, this will be played and this, everyone was talking about, I mean, the next day I woke up and it was all over Twitter, TikTok and Instagram. So exactly. I was thrilled to be here. Talking about haters, um, <laughs> there's billboard chart drama, although I just will have you know, uh, Monday, December 18th, as of 1.30 p.m., Mariah is on num- number one on the billboard Hot 100. Again. Oh my God, that's great news. We love to see it. All I want for Christmas is you, Reigns. It should have been the past two, but billboard is, as Ali would say, trifling because mm-hmm. Brenda Lee, who sings Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, no shade to her, but we all know that song. We all love it. Love that song. Paid promoters and streamers to put her song at the top of the playlist, even though they were still using Mariah's likeness and image as the cover on these playlists on Spotify and Apple Music. And then, of course, Billboard is happy to be paid to put things mm-hmm. at number one. But you know what? Can I tell a quick sidebar that actually is relevant? Mariah Carey, the past few years, All I Want for Christmas is You for the past four years has been number one. And Brenda Lee has thrown her shade and been like, I'm the queen of Christmas. She stole that title from me. She's copying on blah, blah, blah. And Mariah's like, first of all, I didn't come up with this title. It's just what they're calling me. (laughs) Brenda Lee hits number one. You know what Mariah does? Sends her flowers. Per. Queen. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Literally, like, that's just all you need is just to rise above. Exactly. And and my last note about Mariah Carey is that literally she wins because on Sunday, All I Want for Christmas is You was was <laughs> inducted into the Library of Congress next to the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> <coughs> I want to keep that in. Keep that, that in. Correct my my wheeze. Because Holy what more do we need to shit. say? No, that is the best Christmas song of all time. And one of the best songs of all time. I'm sorry. Period. Period. That's all you need to say. Mm-hmm. Born Ariana Grande. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Billboard being weird and Ariana Grande. This was weird. She released another version of Santa Can You Tell Me? Or no, sorry. Of Santa Tell Me. What she calls the naughty version. So I tune into this, thinking it's going to be a, a completely different song. It is the exact same song with just like two slight lyric changes in the bridge. It's the same song. 
didn't rework it at all. Nothing new, just literally two different lyrics. So I thought, why did she do this? And it's obvious why she did. It's just an excuse to rechart the song and have people buy it. And so it charts higher. And that's what's fucked up about the music industry is like, why does Billboard, why is this allowed, why is, why is this yeah, allowed to be charted? Like, Billboard like just co- like creates these new rules to make artists do stupid shit like this. Like she didn't really need to rele- release this version, but she did because they just wanted to chart higher. And like, honestly, if I'm just being honest, I love the song. I do. I, I, I love it. the but song. Lyrically, this is not a compelling piece. And, and, and in general, Christmas songs, that's why All I Want for Christmas Is You is such a good song. Lyrically, it's very hard to create a compelling Christmas song. Think mm-hmm. about Santa Tell Me. If, if, what is she right. talking about? What, why is Santa involved? So, Who knows? Also, why to make it naughty, quote unquote, is also just weird. Like it's not like we're like we're we're reworking a brilliant, you know, piece of writing here. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I'm still listening to the song during the holiday season, with or without you releasing this version. Exactly. Like we're, that's a thing. That's another strange thing. Is like nobody. It's not like the song like isn't still up. popular. Like it's yeah. still always it's on the charts chart- during yeah. Christmas time. So it'd be different if it was like it, she was really trying to revamp the song and bring it back to life, but the song is doing well every year. So I don't know why it's just all very odd, but she has been teasing new music. She's been releasing a lot Which of, we can't wait about. Yeah. And we'll definitely talk more about that on our, what we're excited about. in Can't wait for pod. that. Cannot mm-hmm. wait for that. Me too. Uh, Lana by SZA is coming out, which is a deluxe version of SOS. But my understanding is that it's actually just going to be a completely different album. That's what she's saying. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't understand why it's just not a different version. I mean, why it's being called a deluxe version of SOS. Like, why isn't it just a completely different era album, all of it? She had a great interview with Zane Lowe on Apple Music. Obviously, Zane Lowe rocks. Go watch Mm -hmm. it. But it was interesting because she delayed the release of this and her performance coming out on Apple Music Live um, just hours before it was going, the performance was going to happen. So that's weird. There's been no other comments. Very strange. Hopes is as well. And we look forward to this. Yeah. I'm so excited about this again. What a great year for SZA. And we'll obviously again, yes. talk about that more on our 2023 recap. Episode. If you're a barb, I hope that your ears are aflame right now because we are talking about Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday too. I thought it was fun. It certainly didn't hold a candle to Pink Friday, the OG, which to me is one of the greatest, greatest, efforts we've had in hip-hop pop but it did chart at number one on the billboard 200 which is the first album by a female rapper this decade to do so yeah it's great and like i guess this is the biggest drop of the last few weeks um this is also a weird time of year people don't really release a lot of music this year because of christmas music um so i guess this is the biggest splash um in the music industry these days however of course there's online discourse you know with the barbs um but Nicki minaj herself is claiming that billboard is filtering out 100k in sales for running a fan contest so she was running a fan contest that is very um, common very very common. common Um, other artists like Cardi B and Meg and the Stallion have done this for This um, is just where we are at. Wop, yeah. Travis Scott has done it. Yeah. Um, they like it's you have to show proof of buying the digital versions of the album or the vinyls to win, you know, something. Um 
many other artists have done this with zero repercussions, but now Nikki is saying that Billboard is filtering out her sales. And this isn't the first time that Billboard has like honestly fucked with Nicki Minaj's placement um, on these charts. Um, so it's just like a, just another another reason again that billboard is shady like they stay doing shit like this to artists like Nicki minaj to many other artists um so it's just it just goes to show you that just don't believe everything that they say and we said this last podcast but we will not stop until we get an answer from billboard berating them on this podcast (sighs) they have so many questions to answer for so many questions to answer for Last thing on our music corner is that Adele accepted the Sherry Lansing Leadership Award at the Women in Entertainment Gala. And if you have not seen the speech, I posted it twice on my Instagram stories because I needed, I want to make sure people didn't graze over it. She said, here are just some quotes and then we'll move, we'll move on. Quote, I finally got to meet Dua Lipa. I'm a bit starstruck. I absolutely love her. Right. Um, Another quote, I'm not really a motivational words kind of gal. (laughs) Another quote. She is so funny. She's She's just so so her, right? I'm not really a speeches kind of gal. They're not my fucking forte. I've never prepared for one of these in my life. However, a few people in the room know that I have the gift of gab. When I talk for hours, it's usually about nothing. She then really shaded that the awards were early morning. And she said, quote, I'm honored to be here in full fucking glam at 8 a.m. on a Thursday morning. It's called a brunch, but this is a breakfast. Damn. I mean, she she is not wrong. Yeah. Um, She says, quote, I accept this leadership award as an invitation to continue being myself. It's gotten me quite far. (laughs) It really has. She really is one of a kind. And I just think it brought into like, there's been a lot of great pop culture moments this year. And we will talk about this on our special ep as Alia keeps referencing. But don't forget, Adele opened her Vegas residency. She has had a year for the ages as well. She's really, really reconstructed what live performing can be in her show like she's really ending the year on a high and it should not be forgotten that even though she hasn't released new music this year she has continued to show why she's one of the greats so congratulations Adele on the Sherry Lansing Leadership Award absolutely theater corner shall we breeze through this let's breeze through there's not much not a lot of theater news these days as the year winds down The biggest news in the last few weeks is that Hell's Kitchen, the Alicia Keys musical, is transferring to Broadway in the spring after a very successful run at the public, which is still going on. And I just have to say, um, put me in the show. Yeah, if you're listening, put her in. Your girl was in final callbacks. That's right, baby. So, so put Alia Hodge. Put me Alia in the Hodge show. In Hell's Kitchen. Put her in the show. Vanderpump Rules star. Yes, yeah. Ariana Maddox to make Broadway debut as Roxy in Chicago. She did great on Dancing with the Stars, coming placing third. She can clearly dance. She used to sing. She wanted to be a theater girly ever since she was growing up. I actually think this is fantastic stunt casting. I haven't seen Chicago since they didn't cast me after I was in final callbacks for Mary Sunshine. Screaming. I will go back now to see this. Yeah, I think this is good casting. I mean, I don't know this woman at all. Never seen an episode of Vanderpump Rules, but I know the whole scandal of all of it all. So, yeah, of course. And by no, I mean I know that she was yeah. the wronged person. Um, so what a victory good for her. She's having for real. This for is, real. This is great. News. Terrible. Yeah, terrible news is that Jennifer Lopez is going to star in Kiss of the Spider Woman's film adaptation, directed by Bill Condon, who directed Dreamgirls, which is a great choice. Uh-huh. You know, can I just say? I thought I put 
in our outline, horrible, awful news to end the year in all caps. But then I thought about it and I thought, maybe Jennifer Lopez is the best choice to do this. I mean, and that's what I was going to say. I was like, who else is it going to be? Yeah. Like literally who else is yeah. it going to be that is at that level? Because Jennifer Lopez can act. I want to be clear. She can she act. Can act. She, she was can good dance. in Hustlers and she can She can dance. cut up a rug. And like the, the role isn't sing. vocally, but the role isn't vocally hard and it's not like she's going to have to sing live. I know. I know. And when I think of Cheetah Rivera, like Jennifer Lopez, like really is an icon in her own right as much as yeah. we can shit on her on this podcast. Like <laughs> I, I think she might be good. So I'm reeling back in and I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I actually sure. think she'll be good as, as good as she can be in something like this. I think this might, this might take her to a different level. I don't know. She might surprise us. She was really okay. good at Hustlers. Remember when she like had that Oscar campaign low key? Well, she made that for herself, but yes. <laughs> yeah. This could, this could take her there though. Um, and random, but like, okay, news. Um, Netflix's Heartstoppers star, Joe Locke, is going to be Tobias in Sweeney Todd on Broadway. Have you seen no Heartstoppers comment. on Netflix? Yeah, it's it's a good show, but not for me, it's, but yeah. Yeah, it's not for me either. And he's cute. Can he like, sing? Can he sing? Uh, can he <laughs> act? I, I don't really know. But good for him. The, the strike is really yeah. bringing the girlies. That show continues to shock us. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, Parade um, announces that they're going to be touring North America in 2025. A great is, production. Go which see is this. great, but uh, will it do well on tour? I, don't I can't imagine it like... would, but you should go see it because I loved the show. I saw it three times, thrice. Yeah, didn't see it once. Um, oh. Too expensive. Yeah. Um, and then our last bit of news, which I talked about a little bit earlier, is that studios are actively avoiding marketing musicals, um, movie musicals as such, due to feedback from test audience focus groups. And I quote here, test audience focus groups generally hate musicals, and the only way to get people into the theater with one is to trick them, end quote. So I guess this is why I saw the color purple. Yeah. The Color Purple trailers, the Mean Girls trailers, even the Wonka, Wonka trailers, like, don't have any, like, musical numbers because they don't want people to know it's a musical. This is this is such a Make America Straight Again kind of thing. <sighs> it's it's so unfortunate. But it's they're so musicals and you should go and you should see them. Yeah. And it just sucks that, like, people, like, the next generation won't... Well, I, I just want the next generation to grow up loving musicals just as much as we do. Agreed. You know Agreed. what I mean? Like yes. people don't hate them, just market it, market it to the people who want to see it. Yes. And if I people know. don't want to go, then they won't go. But they're gonna hate your musical Going if you trick in them the... into seeing your musical. I so agree. I God so damn. agree, Alia Hodge. Alia yeah. Hodge. <laughs> Golden Globe nominations. Let's go into our other pop culture news. The noms came out. Can't believe this is still um on the show. This award show is so irrelevant, but still somehow lingers. Um and, and hey, it's happening very soon. I think it's like January 7th, right? It's happening soon. We'll cover it. We will talk about it. Um, Barbie leads the pack with nine nominations from films, best picture, best screenplay, best director, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, and three best song nominations. So it's looking like a big night for Barbie. Definitely a big night for Barbie. 
And then Succession leads the TV pack, of Succession course. Hive. Rise Succession one Hive, more let's time. Go. Literally, let's go. Um, with Also with nine nominations, including Best Television Series Drama. And um, they really rack in the acting nominations here with nominations for Brian Cox, Jeremy Strong, Kieran Culkin, Sarah Snook, Matthew McFadden, Alan Ruck, Alexander Skarsgård, and Jay Smith Cameron. So all the girlies are nominated. Oh, absolutely. They absolutely will. It's the best TV show, period. Yes. And um, Oppenheimer also does well. Killers of the Flower Moon also does well. Lily Gladstone Hive, let's fucking go. It's going to be a race to the finish with her and Emma Stone, and I'm thrilled about it. I'm thrilled. Me too. It's going to be interesting. And of course, the Globes also start to you know show where the Oscar race is going. Yeah. So this will be interesting. Um, there are nominations for Fantasia Barino and Daniel Brooks Woo! for their performances in The Color Purple, which we knew they were going to be giving. But yeah, very strange that The Color Purple didn't get Best Picture nomination, especially in the musical comedy category. And it's just like the Golden Globes are like, we're not racist, we promise. Look at all the work we've done. Let's not nominate the ent- one movie that has all black people in it. Right. For the musical <laughs> like category. Like, I know. An easy nom to get. No offense. Right. That's Let's weird. Be so it's real, so but absurd absurdity. Exactly. Absurdity. But like, like you put here, the morning show is still getting what? noms. Like that just Ooh. goes to show you the legitimacy of this program. They're being paid off, and obviously, the color purple doesn't. Oprah does not find the need to pay the Golden Globes for this no. film. <laughs> they will be nominated for Oscars. Yes, They're not they worried. Will. They will. They're not worried. Um, I'm also rooting for Past Lives, the A24 movie that came out this year, and Greta Lee for her performance this whole award season. I don't know like how well it will do, but I'm sorry, Alia. <laughs> I know I don't know how well it will do, but the fact that they're even nominated and in the conversation is great. And deserved. so I'm just I'm just glad that they're there. Yep, yep, I'll give that to you, but I think you should set your low expectations. Yeah, my expectations I, uh, <laughs> are low. I, I'm expecting Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone to to take it, but so the color purple isn't nominated in the musical or comedy category, but May December, the film we just spoke about with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman is, and I beg you to watch it and DM us if you agree with that. Because like, you won't. Musical comedy? Again, the, story these about categories an are fair between an older woman and a teenage boy when she was her his teacher. How in the world is that funny to you? It's just incorrect. It's just truly incorrect. It's so wrong. Another snub was Saltburn, but I'll leave it there. This again, the homoeroticness they can't take. Yeah, I, you're you know that's like kind of turning into like a a cultish film. Like you're I really think, one of the only people who like it. I think I'm part of that cult. You are. I loved Saltburn. I'm I'm so happy for you. I'll I'll watch it when it's on streaming. Right. You you have to I I want your opinion on it. I really do. No, I genuinely will watch it when it's on streaming. Okay, great. Great. Um, in other news, over the last few weeks, Taylor Swift was named Times Person of the Year. No one's surprised. Um, there's an article if you're interested on reading it. I did not, but it apparently <laughs> revealed her thoughts about Scooter Braun and that whole thing, um, her and Travis Kelsey, and her amazing year. So good for her. Um, and the Guinness uh, Book of World Records just um, ranked her tour as the highest grossing tour in history. Now, I know her and her team aren't revealing the actual numbers, so they can't um, corroborate that. But no one I, can prove anything, but right, I agree but probably that it's true. They're probably correct. Um, so good for her. I mean, she's had a great year and this seems like the the correct choice. So Yeah, this was a, a literal insane year for her. Congrats, Taylor Swift. You really... Um, 
I don't know what in the world you're going to do next, but wow. For real. But good, good for, for her. You. She's released like eight albums this year or something crazy like that. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Like I four. know the Swifties are excited for, I think it's Reputation to come out next. Reputation Taylor's oh, version. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. They're like, the the shit I see online, you could I cut know, this out or not, but the shit I see online, the Swifties really trying should. to f- finagle trying to figure out when reputation is coming from like the littlest things i'm also like do you need it she's given you so much right they're like it's coming but i i think she also had a birthday party in new york this last week and oh yeah like lively was there um zoe kravitz was there all the girlies were there so genuinely i think it will come across sarcastic congrats to her she deserves this truly we couldn't wish her more well yeah like wow good for her and her insane achievements that i don't think we'll see for a very long time ever even like yes battled with because they're so insane yes so yeah congrats to taylor want about want to talk about chef oh <laughs> chef my chef um everyone's favorite <laughs> chef jeremy allen white is dating and off the market oh uh, the crowd I'm sorry Alia. <laughs> i know I'm, I'm sad about this um he's dating rosalia who we love she's gorgeous um, and they are just making out everywhere around the greater Los Angeles area and good for them. <laughs> they've been, ca- <laughs> right. They've been captured by paparazzi everywhere, just making out and smoking their cigarettes. And, um, we wish them well. Literally. Sure. And on another yeah. note, Selena Gomez and Benny Blasco are dating. So, <sighs> and she's really about it. She's really about it. She's posting a lot about it. Good for Selena. She seems happy. Benny Blasco, that is a choice. But, you know, uh, to each their uh, own. Um, hmm? To mm-hmm. each their own. And my little Benito is back on the market because Woo! Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner broke up after less than a year. We knew this wasn't going to last. Honestly, Bad Bunny's too cool. He's way too cool and way too, like, he should date a man next. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you think it will be me? <gasps> It could be Serge just sliding his DMs. Oh, I do. He never answers. Okay. Uh, another Speaking man. Speaking of we sliding all slide into my DMs. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've been sliding into this man's DMs since 2007, baby. That they didn't exist. Um, Zach Efron got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> That's manually, manually yeah. clapping. That's literally it. That's We're just story. happy for him. We love you, Zach. Can't wait to see Iron Claw when I get back to the city in a few weeks. Yes, go off, Zach. And and, I didn't know this. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants cast had a reunion. Was it a real, like, thing? A party? No, it wasn't, like, a real reunion. I think they were just, like, at all at an event together. And there were just, like, some photos floating around. That's fun. Um, But it was cute. I was like, my girls. We love that. We love 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 you all. Isn't there a musical about this coming? Oh, God. I don't know. I think is there's there? a Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants musical in the works, sadly. <sighs> right. Jesus. Have you seen Drew Barrymore and Oprah together on the Drew Barrymore show? So here's you the thing. You know I have. We um, probably, if you listen to this podcast, know my disdain for Drew Barrymore, which I know <laughs> is not a popular opinion, but I just think she's weird. And I'm so glad that this further proves my point. I always say if I were alone with Drew Barrymore, I would get nervous. And I can't say why, but... How do you describe this? I put it as touching and rubbing. I don't know how else to say what her she was doing to Oprah on her couches. It was uncomfortable. 
Yeah, she like grabs Oprah's hand and they like interlock fingers and they're just like swaying. But Oprah's just sitting there like kind of going along with it. But yeah, I think she is going along with it, but it's still just it's just odd. You got you got to look at this to clip. You, Alia. Like I really like I right. wouldn't even do that to you if we were like being filmed to get Yeah. It's just <sighs> kind of bizarre. It's like Drew trying to like force this like closeness with Oprah. And maybe they are that close and that's why Oprah is going along with it. But it's just weird to do on camera. It just doesn't seem natural. No. I it's just odd. It. I hate it. It's just it. odd. It's really odd. So you should just, I think you're right. There's no way to explain it aside from go watch the clip. It's about a minute and a half and you'll be like. Yeah. Ah. Just literally go on Twitter and type in Drew Barrymore Oprah and it will be yeah, the first yeah. thing to come up. I did it on TikTok. I'm becoming a TikTok girly. Oh my uh, God. I know. You're young at heart. Sochi Gomez won season 32 of Dancing with the Stars. Huge shout out to her. Very well deserved. And it was a I'm, great win. I'm literally looking this person up right now. I have no idea. Wait, you is. should know her. I didn't know who she was, but you should because she's from the Marvel Universe. Oh, it's this you know, girl from... Who does she, um, she was in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. I think her name was okay. literally America. Hmm. Yeah. So it's that's her. not a good she character. She but was that's great. great. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Did you see Lizzo dressed as the Grand Chalia? <sighs> I unfortunately <laughs> did. I unfortunately what is, did. What is... I think we should just leave it there, actually, maybe. Right? Everyone oh. just... Yeah, everyone go look up Lizzo yes, dressed again. as the Grinch. And I'm also like, Lizzo just, like, is back out here. Like, nothing happened. But dressed as the Grinch, I'm like, so like, you are taking away Christmas cheer? I'm confused now. <laughs> like, what's know? going on with her in that court case? Like, I'm still, like, on that. Me too. Oh, my gosh. I haven't stopped. That's the first thing I thought of. I agree when I saw it. It was... So yeah, I'm like, hello? But, yeah, her dress as the Grinch, bizarre. But, like, she looked pretty good. Oh, yeah, she did. Some more bizarre <laughs> news is that Jada Pinkett Smith says that the Oscar slap made her realize she will, quote, never leave Will Smith. So now she's never leaving him. This bitch has to get her story fucking straight because she is pissing me off this year. For real. We need to leave her and her drama with Will in 2023. Like, we cannot take I, no this more. into 2024. We we do not need any more information about their their relationship or their marriage. Like, please. No, please. We do not care. We She's do really not doing care. The most. Like, the more than you ever could have thought. For real. Like, please stop. <laughs> I can't agree more. Some um, departing news is that Maya Mbalek is out of as the Jeopardy host and will only be Ken Jennings now on the syndicated series, which is big news. Um, and Mark Cuban, this is huge news for me, announces that he <laughs> is you, leaving yeah. Shark Tank after season 16, which is next season. We are on season 15 now. It's devastating because, you know, Shark Tank's still out here. You can make fun of me, but I've watched all 15 seasons, and there's a reason it's still out here. These people are serious. Mark Cuban is one of the richest people in the world, and he was an OG shark, and like, he really makes the, I feel like the show super, super popular because he has so many different domains that he's in, and he like is in the pop culture zeitgeist before any of our other sharks, who obviously everyone knows now by like name and face, were. So to have him leave and break up the OGs makes me nervous. And I hope that the show survives. I do think it can stand on its feet. Rumors are that Emma Greed, who is the Skims um, co-founder, who she's been a guest shark and she's great, could be coming on. There are other rumors that Gwyneth Paltrow is going to oh. be the new shark, which I really <sighs> hope is false. Because the Goop gift guide, which 
you the know, Goop gift guide this year was fucking <laughs> wild. I know. I unmuted her. As you know, I have her muted on Instagram, but I unmuted her to to look at it. And it's different. It's truly not to be believed. I'm like, this has to be just an elaborate joke. It, this can't be real. There must be. There must be. <sighs> yeah. So that's our pop culture news. Uh, you know, we have favorite random headline of the week. I want to preface this by saying Alia's headline... I wouldn't say it's as random as it could be. This is no shade to Alia because it's important. It actually is kind of important. So <laughs> the other day on Twitter, some photos were floating around. Ryan Gosling was seen leaving a recording studio with Mark Ronson. I- so King <sighs> Ken is back in the studio cook. with what do you think what's your prediction i truly have zero predictions i don't want to get my hopes up for anything i mean maybe they're recording um something new for the oscars oh performance getting that shit together they both were leaving with guitars so that's bizarre so i i guess so so that's random to me but this is just great news i i don't want to get my hopes up for anything um, is just exciting, and I can't wait to see where it leads. I'm actually really excited for the Oscars performance that will be. Like, that's going to be iconic. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I've been saying since we no, saw you, Barbie. I'm like, imagine so the right. Oscars performance of I'm Just no, Ken. I can't. I'm so excited. It's going to be thrilling. <laughs> I got to add that to my looking forward to 2024 Yeah, you have to list. add that to the other outline. My- Random headline of the week is from Pop Crave, our favorite. This is this is truly random. So, the 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 um <laughs> the quote or the the headline in the quote that they put out is Saw Eleven has officially been announced for September 2024. First of all, who cares? Second of all, there are eleven Saw movies. That to me, what happened from four? I knew there were like three or four, but I'm like, I don't maybe uh, I'm, I've really been left speechless with this and I didn't know other sort of digging. Cause I, as I said, don't care, but it really threw me for a loop that saw 11 is coming. I guess. I don't know. Do you have any opinion on this? Haven't seen a single one. Oh, I saw the first one. I don't like <laughs> movies like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it I just understand. is like, Ooh, why? No, I understand. Well, there's 11 <laughs> of them, I guess. That's crazy who is watching these right 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 just go watch the original it's probably better (laughs) of course and who's in them i can't tell you not us i was gonna say not i can't even get an audition for saw 11 (laughs) ciao our favorite part is what we're consuming so i'm obviously consuming a lot of mariah carey because it's the holiday season i mean i consume a lot of her anyway but it's extra special time for me to consume her because the rest of the world is so i don't feel as crazy doing so so i'm consuming a lot of her also i just got um brandy's uh, christmas album on vinyl shout out to michael mahady he gave it to (gasps) as a gift a, a friend of the pod and i have been just spinning that um if you have not watched My Gift on Max, it's Carrie Underwood's holiday special from like three years ago. I watch it two to three times a holiday season. It's worth it. The gowns are giving. The vocals are giving. The orchestra led by Ricky Minor is giving. Everything's hey. giving about it. Go watch Carrie Underwood's holiday special on Max called The Gift. And The Voice. 
This we are is coming. the voice. Thank you, Alia. We are coming to the season finale, which is airing Monday, December 18th, and Tuesday, December 19th. We are about to crown a new winner. Reba has two folks in the finals in her first season. And frankly, I do believe that Ruby should win. I want to go on record. What about you, Cooks? What are you what are you watching? I'm obviously consuming Christmas music. Um, it's the one and only time of year I do. I'm the type of person who doesn't listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Um, because I, I, yeah, I can't do it for, you know, two full months. Um, but obviously I love Christmas music, especially, um, Serge and I were talking about this the other day, Santa, uh, can you hear me by Ariana Grande and Kelly Clarkson? I'm sorry. That's the so live version. The live version. I mean, is so good. Um, not to so, be believed how good that song is, honestly. Truly. And they sound phenomenal. Ugh. Um, so on top of Christmas music and on top of everything else we've already talked about on this podcast that I've been consuming, True. the Actors on Actors series um, is back. Variety does this series every year and for all the actors wonderful. in the Oscars race. And yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. You can catch all of them on YouTube. They're, well, they kicked the season off with Killian Murphy and Margot Robbie, the most iconic actors on actors <laughs> pairing of all time. It's just them talking about Barbenheimer for 40 minutes. Um, but then so you get Emily Blunt and Anne Hathaway, which I watch and I'm like, wait, this is also iconic. So good. They're just chatting about their good old days on the set of the Devil Wars Prada. It's so fun. Um, that was a really good one. Emma Stone did one with Bradley Cooper. They talked about Poor Things and Maestro. That was very insightful and interesting. Um, Robert Downey Jr. did one with Mark Ruffalo. Again, the Marvel connection. It was really great. Um, and they talked about their roles. Natalie Portman did one with Paul Mescal, which we talked about. Um, and I love Paul Mescal. And I just think that he is just one of our great young up-and-coming actors. Um, and he talked about his movie, All of Us Strangers, with Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott did one with Greta Lee, who I just talked about with Past Lives. I was like, this pairing is everything. <laughs> they were so cute. And then Rachel Zegler did one with Halle Bailey, and it was really cute because um, we all know Halle Bailey did Little Mermaid this year. Rachel Zegler is going to be Snow White in the Snow White movie that's coming out, I think, in 2024. Um, and she also talked about her role in The Hunger Games, which I still haven't seen, um, but I've yeah. heard it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend this, especially if you're an actor, they talk about their process and how these movies were made. And it's all very interesting seeing their behind the scenes, um, and how they think about things. Um, and it's just very insightful. And I think this year's pairings are very good. Like I, there wasn't one where I was like, yeah, Oh, like, I don't like this. Like even like they, there was one with Tarashi P Henson and Jeffrey Wright. And that was very fun too. Um, so I highly recommend all of them. That's Actors on Actors, the series by Variety on YouTube. Thank you, Alia Hodge. Well, we are about to sign off. I know this was a long one, but it was the finale. We're nearing one, two yeah. hours, but it's important. There's a lot of content. We have loved getting to do this for you. We say it every week, but for real, this was a great season. And Ali, I just want to say thank you also for being such a great partner. We kind of did oh, this on search. a hope and a prayer and a whim. And I've loved getting to to chat with you like this. You've been a great partner in crime for real. You have too. This is literally like what we do like when we're together. <laughs> we're just doing it now with mics and with just a little more structure. Um, so this has been such a pleasure. We've only gotten good like feedback. Yeah. So like we're just going to keep 
trucking along. So season two is going to premiere at the top of 2024. And we are going to have a great episode because we're going to talk yeah. about the golden bachelor wedding and drag race, which we've never <sighs> spoken on on this on this podcast. I it know. It hasn't been on. It hasn't been on, but it's back, baby. January 5th. I'm so excited. New crop of queens. New season of drag race. Let's fucking buckle up and, you know, get ready to go. So it's going to yes. be a good, you know, 2024 at the top. We got a lot to talk about. So that's season two coming your way. We will have some special guests. We're going to pack the punch. We're going to have a lot of great topics to cover. That's going to be in the new year. But before then, we're really happy Mm -hmm. to announce, as we've been alluding to, that we will have a bonus episode coming out between Christmas and the new year that talks about our personal highlights of pop culture in 2023 and all of our predictions and looking forward to's of 2024. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be fun, Ollie. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. We've been compiling the list for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get all this stuff together. Yes. Really excited. So that's us. Thank you so, so much for tuning into a very successful season of the Uh, Purple Podcast. I'm Serge Clivio. I'm Alia Hodge. And this is the Purple Podcast. That music that you hear behind us is a great ditty. It is our theme music that has been cemented now into the Purple Podcast by Mike Stapleton. We love you, Mikey Stapes. Thank you for giving us that music. And hey, We'll see you in a week with our bonus episode. But until then, we are wishing you and your loved ones happy, happy, and safe holidays. Oh, happy holidays, everybody. 